Rebecca and Jerry are now midway through their winter quarter of online sessions at Cold Wax Academy, where, as always, members have access to in-depth and varied content for learning and growth. Upcoming sessions include a presentation by guest author Sean McNiff, tips on photographing your artwork, a painting clinic for works in progress, and the final critique session of this quarter, with a special focus on composition. As a member, you can also access the private Facebook page and the community there of informed and supportive artists who post paintings, ask questions, and initiate discussions. It's never too late to join Cold Wax Academy. All live sessions are recorded, and there are now nearly 100 previous sessions in the member library. Please visit coldwaxacademy.com for more information, as well as basic information about using Cold Wax Medium. That's coldwaxacademy.com. That's all for now. On with the show. Hello and welcome to The Messy Studio with Rebecca Kroll, the podcast at the intersection of art, travel, entrepreneurship, philosophy, and life in general. I am Ross Tickner, Rebecca's audio producer, podcast guru, and her son. On today's episode, we are talking about privacy in the studio. Privacy and solitude are important factors in producing creative work, allowing an artist to feel secure, to explore, and take the time needed to develop meaningful work without judgment or observation. Yet, often the outside world pushes against these needs. It may seem hard to set the boundaries around your studio time to preserve the time and space you need to focus exclusively on your work without distractions. Today we will talk about setting boundaries around your privacy as an artist and what you choose to share of your unique creative space. With me as always is Rebecca Kroll. Hello everyone. So that need for privacy um, and how available it is in your own studio that is very individual and varies a lot. Um, not only do people have different sensitivities about having other people around, but um, there's also different kinds of studios that people work in, and we're going to talk about that. So um, all of that varies a lot, but there there's common ground here, really, whatever your, your own working situation might be. Uh, what we want to talk about today is whatever you need to feel private uh, in your own working space and why that's important. And I'm kind of starting with this basic idea that that we need privacy as artists. So so what is what is it about that privacy that, you know, we we do seem to need pretty strongly. Like why do we need this private workspace? And I was thinking about it and I thought, you know, it's it's actually pretty unusual in the working world. Um to have a, a, a job, an occupation, that means you're working alone behind closed door and you're in, you're more or less in a world of your own making. And that is, it's unusual. I mean, there's other people in other creative fields like composers or writers may have similar needs, but overall it's it's a bit, you know, out of the ordinary. And, and because of that, it can be misunderstood or even resented by people who don't have those same kind of needs themselves, and they may have trouble respecting it. Um, but when you have it, and having privacy, why it's important means you can have full focus. And we've we've talked before about the state of creative flow that is, you know, really ideal is what we probably all want 
to be able to work in and and but it's elusive and so you never know when it's going to hit um and when you when you are in that flow the last thing you want is some kind of disruption to to throw you off to have somebody come into your space to make a comment and or some type of distraction uh, you can lose it and um, even in a, in a more ordinary state of mind hopefully you're focused on your work and you don't want disruptions but i think another reason why privacy for artists is so important is because your work is very personal and your studio is so personal and the studio you can sort of think of it like um it's a physical manifestation or maybe an extension of your your creative mind like what you surround yourself with in your studio reflects so much of who you are, you know, as an artist, what, what do you find interesting and inspiring? And, and a lot of times you're also surrounded by your own history. You may have some older work up, what you've created in the past, you're working on things in the present time. And there are things lying around that are suggesting directions for the future. So it's, it's this picture of who you are. And it, um, it's more than just a physical space. It's sort of like a view inside of your your creative self. And you know, it includes all kinds of things that you that you think about in the studio and that you you plan. Um, maybe it represents some parts of your studio represent things that you haven't that you feel like you failed at or things that are successful. And so it's all this stuff in this one space. And I wouldn't say that, you know, somebody coming in to your studio would necessarily get all that. They won't. Um, but from your point of view as the artist, you can feel pretty vulnerable. You can feel pretty exposed when somebody comes in your studio and starts looking around and asking you about things. It's, it feels, it can feel invasive. And one of the things we're going to talk about today is, you know, kind of how you can uh, control that or, or, or handle it. Um, and I, I think this personal aspect is a big reason why other people want to come into your studio, you know, why they find it interesting, because studios are often unique environments, they're often kind of quirky. But this aspect of a person's studio is not really uh, intended usually for public consumption, you know, it's, it, it's there because the artist uh, feels that it helps their work or feeds their ideas. And so somebody else sort of um, looking around at all that, you know, you can feel, like I said, kind of exposed or vulnerable. And so I think those are all reasons to be to be cautious about your privacy and to kind of understand that it's important. And, um, and you know, we're going to talk about some ways to kind of try to keep that uh, private, as private as you wish. And I, I wanted to say uh, a little bit about the, you know, what if your situation, your studio is not exactly private? I mean, I think we have to acknowledge that not all studios are totally private, or maybe they're partially private. Um, some studios have kind of a public aspect. And that's things like... Um, uh, maybe you work. Um, maybe you work with another artist. You share a studio, uh, 
space and maybe you have your own space in there, but you're sharing one big room and it helps with the expenses and so on. That's a pretty common situation. A lot of people deal with that. Um, or you might be sharing um, a studio that has special equipment in it, like a printmaking studio or maybe um, a co-op clay studio. Some of that equipment is so expensive and, and I know that different artists can come together and, and share a space and they are working in the same room a lot of times. And you might find yourself sharing a studio if you're at an artist residency or uh, maybe because you're you're in college or you're in grad school. Um, I was thinking about that uh, situation for myself in grad school when I was writing up these notes because for most of the time that I was in grad school, I did share a studio. That was just the setup. And it was a big space. But I, I just, I came away, I mean, looking back on it, I just felt a sense of uneasiness about having another person in the room. And that person always had to walk through my space to get to her space. She was at the back of the room. And I remember just feeling like weird about somebody looking at my stuff or even just passing through. So it's kind of a yeah, it's kind of underlying uneasiness, I think, uh, depending on who you're sharing it with. I suppose if it's somebody you're very close to, it would be a little different. Um, there's also situations with a studio where you, uh, you're you opening it up to the public for some reason, and that might be because you're teaching in your workshop, or oh, I'm sorry, you're teaching in your studio, like teaching a workshop, or maybe you're part of an open studios or studio tour, and so people are coming through. And, and in that case, it's a pretty specified time that you prepare for, so that's a little bit different. Um, you might hold meetings in your um, space, some kind of co uh, critique group or something like that. And a lot of our listeners will also have been in the situation where they're sharing a studio because they're in a workshop with you know, 9, 10, 11, 12 other people. And that uh, can be very challenging for not only your physical space, but kind of your head space, you know, to feel like you you can focus enough on your work to tune other people out. Um, and, you know, I think in any of these, uh, and I'm thinking workshops, yes, students learn a lot from each other. In any of these situations, um, there can be a lot of benefits from this kind of sharing space. I mean, you you probably get more feedback. Um, maybe you're selling your work. Um, and, and some people just like that energy of having other people around. And of course, as the situation I mentioned where you're sharing uh, the physical space or any of the equipment, that's also obviously um, saving money. But um, but I think these situations have that basic challenge of how do you maintain privacy and focus on your own work? Because obviously other people can see it. <laughs> uh, whether you know you're working on it, whether you've finished it, it's visible, and that that can feel strange if you're not quite ready to show it to other people. Um, personality-wise, a lot of artists are tend to be on the introverted side, right? And so, if you're if you're in a situation where you're with other people, especially a larger group, it, it could be pretty draining. 
um, distracting. And I think there's also kind of an unpredictability to shared spaces because if you're sharing it with more than one person, you may not know, well, who's going to be in there? What's going on? Um, if it's another person that you know pretty well, you probably have a better idea, but it's just there's another person there that has that is doing their own thing, and how is how is that going to impact you, or will it impact you? So if you are in one of these types of situations a lot, or all the time, where you do not have a completely private space, there's some kind of, I suppose, obvious ways to, to cope with that. I mean, um, headphones that either cancel noise or play music, that's really common, or, you know, earbuds. I see that a lot when I teach workshops and totally get it. I mean, I never feel anything but understanding when I see somebody with their ears in some device. Uh, you can try to juggle your time with whoever else is if it's a shared space, and try to be there when you can be alone at least sometimes, um, have another space that is really private for you to uh, sit and think and plan and write in your journal and so on, whether that's somewhere in your house or maybe some screened-off area of a common room that you're sharing, some way to get away and just turn inward um, seems pretty important. And if you're if you're having an open studio or you're having a studio visitor that's a little more of a formal situation, I always suggest um, you know, scanning around the room, put away whatever is not important for that person to see. And that also helps them focus on what you do want them to see. So a little bit of curating um, before you have somebody coming in. Yeah, and I think scheduling your time in that situation is is especially important. It's uh, mm -hmm. it, it you you need to block out a window, and yes. uh, and be very clear <laughs> about that ahead of time. Right. If you know somebody's coming, yeah, you say, well, okay, let's let's say you're going to come at three o'clock on Wednesday, and then I uh, I need to be. I need to be wrapping it up by, you know, 4.30 or something like that. Yeah, like a window or or say maybe have somebody come at the end of what would be your normal working time so that you get in all your work time and your privacy and then you can open up for the last hour or so. But I, I agree like setting setting limits um, is is a good idea because that is part of privacy. We use, You can start to feel invaded or pressured when when you don't do that and somebody is hanging around a bit too long. Uh, so um, I wanted to look a little bit closer at this relationship between creating and privacy. In a way, it seems sort of obvious, but I think it's it's interesting to kind of look into, well, what what's actually happening in your and your thoughts and your feelings when um, other people are around, whether that's they're coming in for a brief visit or whether it's an ongoing thing, whether it's somebody you know, whether it's a stranger. I mean, there's a lot of variables here about who who is in your studio with you that creates a need for privacy. Um, but I think there's a, there, I mean, I can, I can feel it. I can sense it just talking about it, that feeling that somebody is around and it's distracting. And even on, on even the smallest level, um, it means that your attention is somewhat 
somehow divided between the person uh, in the room and your work. And I was I was thinking it's a little bit about when you take a call uh, in your car, and, and even if you have hands-free and all that, but you have a call coming through your speaker, and it's really hard to keep your attention both on the road and with the speaker. Like you are in two places at the same time. You're paying attention to them and you're trying to pay attention to the road. And so you're not fully present with either situation. And of course, in a car, it can be dangerous, (laughs) not dangerous in a studio, but it can be draining. And it can be, you know, if it goes on very often or for very long, it just it just saps your can sap your energy away. I I think we all know that making art is hard work. <laughs> it takes focus, and you don't you don't want to be derailed. Um, there is that personal aspect um, in a private setting. I think that we are most ourselves. You know, we're most in touch with our inner self, and that when we're pulled away from that by someone else being there, you, you, lose, you lose it. You lose some degree of that awareness, um, and that, that creates problems. Let's take a minute to talk about what deals are available from Blick. Ampersand, Gesso Board, and Clayboard are 28 to 42% off. This is a great opportunity to get some panels at a great discount. So to take advantage of that offer and to support the Messy Studio Podcast, go to MessyStudioPodcast.com slash Blick, B-L-I-C-K. That will take you straight through to the regular Blick website, but when you use our affiliate link, Blick will donate 10% to the Messy Studio Podcast. Using that affiliate link when you purchase your art supplies is really important to us. That 10% commission from Blick is very generous, and it's a really great way to fund the podcast. It doesn't cost you anything extra, and it makes sure that all the bills around here can get paid. So once again, that affiliate link is MessyStudioPodcast.com slash Blick, B-L-I-C-K, to get your ampersand clayboard or gesso board for 28 to 42% off, depending on the size. All right, let's get back into it. Okay, so just talking about establishing that privacy, um, I would say that most other artists uh, really do understand this. We we all sort of get this, and so it's it's not all that common that it's going to be another artist that will kind of push the boundaries here. I've been in um, artist residencies and other situations where a number of artists were working in the same facility and people were so hesitant to intrude and um you know being very careful about giving everybody lots of time to work and all that i I think in a in a shared environment um whatever whatever options you have to gain some privacy whether it's the headphones or whatever um other artists are usually you know really understanding about that because we all get that that basic need but if we're talking about a separate uh, private studio, thinking about who comes into that space and are you okay with setting limits on it, sometimes that's hard. I mean, it's, sometimes it's hard to be direct and, and tell people what you need, especially if there's a lack of understanding about it. And I would say um, it can take some trial and error to, to understand what your boundaries are 
because your impulse with people may be to be open, generous with your time and your space. And and then in the aftermath, you realize that you didn't feel particularly great about it. You felt uneasy in some way about it because your privacy was threatened. And I'm speaking from my own experience here. I, I have some trouble with this because, like I said, I... You know, I, I'm I'm with that with the camp that likes to be open and generous, and and it's hard for me to to put these limits on. It's one of the reasons sometimes these topics that I pick for podcasts are things I'm I'm working out in my own mind. You know, I think it is important to understand how to deal with this to to know like what situations are good. I mean. I mean, I certainly don't mean to imply that you can't have anyone in your studio ever. <laughs> Because another artist coming in and visiting can be so valuable. And that is when you both want to be there. Um, you're probably focused mostly on art-related matters, although, you know, maybe you're just getting to know one another or socializing a little bit. But there's this understanding and, a, you know, give and take the person who's there. Um, and I think, you know, those are some of the most wonderful invasions of privacy <laughs> that you can have because... You know, you both want it to happen, um, and and it really does not feel like an invasion. It feels like sharing and and really good conversation. Sometimes there may be a situation where an artist asks you if they can share your space for whatever reason, um, and that uh, that can be a little tricky. I think you have to go with your gut feeling about is this mutually a good situation? You know. Are you both getting something from it? How long is it going to go on? Um, what's the reason for it? Maybe you're sharing a project or, you know, trying something together. And and maybe you just, it's your friend and you're just with, you're fine with having them there, you know, but it's, it's sometimes um, those situations need a little extra thought or asking questions. What do we have in mind here? <laughs> you know, what are the boundaries? Um I would say the kind of the more formal studio visit that we mentioned of somebody coming in to to visit your studio that you don't necessarily know. It might be a total stranger who who knows about your work and is curious. Um, maybe somebody who wants to buy something from you. Maybe it's a student of yours that you know a little bit, or uh, maybe if you've been in a workshop, it's somebody that you were in class with. So this you know kind of nice connection there. And and sometimes these visits can be really great. They can be wonderful, um, as you said, with some boundaries around, you know, when it's going to take place and how long uh, they'll be there. But sometimes they don't feel that great. <laughs> yeah, and also, I mean, there's people that want to come into your studio who are maybe more like family members or, uh, you know, if you have kids or something, that can be... Uh, a little bit more difficult to to fence off that that studio space. Yeah, there's there's a a category of people that are not necessarily coming to your studio because it has anything to do with your artwork, <laughs> and that and that that's another thing that's a bit hard to deal with. And that can be family members, it can be children, it can be friends who are not artists and don't really get it. Um. And, you know, boundaries again, I mean, um, it's, it's more problematic um, 
with people who just simply don't get it. They don't quite get the 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 ground rules. They may look at your studio time as being very flexible. They may not look at it as work. Um, and I think in terms of adults, it's, <laughs> I mean, you have to ask yourself and maybe ask them if you're this pointed, but would you be dropping in on me if, I worked in an office or a store or something, you know, uh, we, most people understand the boundaries around actual workplaces that are recognized as such, but studios may not be. And so so I think sometimes you have to be really direct. And when it's children, um, if you have children in your, in your life that are, you know, you, you need to be responsible for them. Um, and and also trying to get some work done at a certain age. Some kids can be alone uh, if your studio is nearby or in the house. Um, Maybe you would need to hire a sitter while you're working. Uh, But but kids are pretty good at understanding when, when you tell them from an early age, this is my work, this is what I do, you can interrupt me if you really need to, you know, but I, it's hard for me. And so, um, you know, and that's that's what we did when you guys were young. And um, during the summer, you know, when you were home and you were a little bit older and could be together in the house, it worked out okay, I think, <laughs> I hope. You know, that, okay, I'm in the studio in the morning, and then when I come up for lunch or whatever, then we'll plan the rest of the day and do things you want to do. Um, anyway, I think all all people that, you have in your life that that you need to more or less teach to respect your boundaries that's that could be a challenge um i i think um you know and there's obviously degrees of that if it's your spouse wanting to pop in and say hey i'm running to the store do we need anything i mean that's yeah distraction but i think most people would be able to move on from that but if it's your neighbor stopping in to chat that's a different situation. So it's um, it's kind of hard then. So one of the things that is, um, is interesting about the whole studio situation is where the studio is. Um, and that factors into all of this quite a lot, actually. Um, it, it has a lot to do with how much control you have over the situation. So if the studio's in your house, a lot of artists have this in their house. It's very convenient. It doesn't cost extra money. It's really practical. But there is that whole, um, there's an issue of how is it separate from whatever's going else going on in the house, like with your daily life. And just in your own head, it might be harder to enter that creative mode or that headspace of privacy and focus if you're just going from one room to another in your house and you may be you know distracted by whatever's going on in the house even if it's not directly involving you you're aware of phones ringing or people coming and going out the door or things you know just sort of family life if you're living with with a family um and um it's it's really all the the same complications that anybody working from home, and many people have experienced this during the pandemic, those the kind of trying to make it work within your house 
has a lot of um, challenges to it. It can work, and it can work really well, especially if you have a big house, and maybe it's just you and a, and a partner in the house, and, you know, it's fine. But it, there's a lot of variables there. To me, what, what I've had from my own studios, it's just been, to me, a really good solution is a studio that's on the property, but it's separate from the house. Obviously, not everybody can do that, and it's, it can be complicated because that space, whatever it is, um, has to be heated or cooled and maybe have its own plumbing and things like that, and it, definitely its own electricity. But there's something, it's, it's like this, to me, this perfect solution of, yes, I'm leaving the house, I'm walking a few steps and leaving ordinary life behind and then entering this this other whole space. And it's just this kind of, when I walk into my studio, this kind of ah moment. It's like, okay, here I am, I'm back. And it, it truly does feel separate from uh, the rest of life. And it, it makes it easier for me to disengage with that, um, the more distracting aspects of life. Um, and then some people have studios, obviously, that are completely away from home. And that can be quite expensive um, to have your own building that belongs to someone else. And, but it, you know, it's probably going to be complete privacy. And there, there's a lot of big warehouse buildings and things like that that have been um, leased out to artists. And so you might be in a building with a lot of other artists, but hopefully you can be private there as you wish and then also open to visitors when you wish to be. So, that's um that's a solution that works for a lot of people if you live especially if you live in a more urban area um and there again if there's if there's other people in the building you know you may have to set some boundaries about when you're okay with visitors and so on yeah i i think that, that having that separation from your living space is uh, an easy way to set uh boundaries both with other people and and to kind of um change your mindset uh if you mm-hmm. as long it if your if your workspace is separate from your living space and i think we've talked about this in the past it's easier to to enter that flow state you know because yeah. you're you're separating yourself from the home stuff and you're going into work mode right and as you say when if somebody else has to make the effort to actually go there as opposed to um just opening up a door in the house you know <laughs> that does uh that does create some some separation I, you know, I, I guess I do know a lot of people that make it work in their homes, so I don't want to, you know, say that's a terrible idea because it certainly can work. Um, I think it's harder when you have visitors that are not um, people that you know, but say somebody wants to come and look at your work, and then you're probably um, leading them through your house to get to the studio, and you know, again, privacy, that might feel a bit strange to just have somebody come walk through your house. Um, So that's another situation that gets a little bit stickier. But somehow, I mean, I think everybody who's really focused on having a studio and getting some work done, figures all this stuff out uh, as best they can. But if they do so without uh, considering privacy as an important need it might it might interfere and it could come up later and say oh why did I accept this situation say why did I decide to share a studio when 
I really, really need my own space. And, you know, it, it may be a hindsight uh, as far as that goes. Well, do you have any final thoughts to wrap up this episode? Yeah, um, I guess the kind of the theme throughout this <laughs> this talk has been everything related to privacy, whether whatever your studio situation is, the most important thing is understand what your own boundaries are. What are you okay with? You know, who and what will you let in there? <laughs> and what makes you uncomfortable? And can you change that? And just kind of self-awareness about that uneasy feeling, which can be quite subtle, but undermine your focus. Um, how much of a sense of privacy do you need in order to, to do your best work? So bottom line, I feel like, is you have to know in your own mind that this is very important. You don't have to justify it. You don't have to rationalize it to anyone else. Um, you always have the right to say no. Uh, you're not coming to my studio, <laughs> however you want to phrase that. And you always have the right to, to maintain your privacy in the way that works for you. All right. Well, that just about wraps up this episode of The Messy Studio. For more from The Messy Studio, please go to MessyStudioPodcast.com and sign up for the email list. You can also find The Messy Studio on Facebook, as well as Rebecca's public profile page. For more from Rebecca Kroll, check out RebeccaKroll.com and Cold Wax Academy at coldwaxacademy.com. Be sure to sign up for the email list to stay up to date on events, book signings, and openings. For more from myself, Ross Tickner, check out rostickner.com. The Messy Studio is a Tick Digital Media production. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week with more art and entertainment. Until then, embrace your creative space, messy or otherwise. Thanks, everybody.